This is Health Healing in Hampton Roads, and I am so excited to have as my guest today, McBib Gametta. Good morning. Morning. Good I think morning. It's still morning. Yeah. Uh, hello. How are you? I'm very, very good. So blessed to be here on this wonderful, cold and sunny day. And, uh, <laughs> glad to be here with a wonderful colleague. Thank you. Thank you so much. So one of what we're going to talk about today uh, for our listeners is health equity, but we're going to do it in a way that you might not expect. So the first thing we're going to do, I like to uh, introduce people. So we're going to have our listeners to meet you and have, well, you can't meet our listeners. We might do that some other time. But anyway, (laughs) so let's start with what's your background in training? My background is generally culture and communication and education. So um, I I came from um, um, generally, actually, an art background, you know, like theater and and, oh, and film. Okay. Uh, and moved on to uh, areas of you know communication and culture, uh, and education, and um, and then my profession has uh, uh, focused on on equity and health equity in in particular over um, my my career. Nice. So, I mean, I'm sorry, I'm a curious person. So what does culture and communications mean? Culture and communications means, you know, like how do we, you know, actually identify narratives of culture and um, and how is that communicated, you know, so in the social context? So that is, you know, how I actually um, look at, you know, the, the way we have we approach, you know, health equity and disparities. Uh, and how I entered into that field altogether. It wasn't, um, it was kind of, you know, an unorthodox, you know, um, route Mm -hmm. towards uh, work in um, in diversity, inclusion, and equity. Uh, But it was a very valuable one, you know, looking at, you know, like how you you need to integrate those aspects in the work that you do. So when you talk about health equity, you have to think about culture. We need to talk about culture. We need to talk about narrative. What nice. are our stories as we enter into that into that context, into framing what that means as a society, as communities, as mm-hmm. individuals? Mm-hmm. And how and how are the narratives that we have reflective of things that we want to keep and things we might not want to keep? Right. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. You know the the way we can critically look at the narratives that shape us. You know, as a society and community, and how we need to actually look at those critically in, a, in order to actually change the things that we need to change. Mm-hmm. So what's your connection to Hampton Roads? Like what brought you here? What's your role now? Tell us about that. Yeah. So Hampton Roads, I, I came to Hampton Roads uh, to Eastern Virginia Medical School. I had the opportunity. I got the call uh, and I came to see it. And um, uh, for the opportunity, I came from New York. I, I used to be to work at um, NYU School of Medicine. Uh, when I got the call, I thought, well, this is um, an, an interesting uh, opportunity to explore. When I came, uh, one of the things that struck me about the Eastern Virginia Medical School was the narrative. Again, I came back, I come back to narrative all the mm-hmm. time. Um, its origin, its origination, that it's the narrative is that it was, it was uh, uh, developed by the community. Uh, its mission and vision is centered around how to be community oriented and how to serve the community. Uh, and I thought that the DNA would serve me well in doing the work that I want to do. Uh, in in moving the work that we want to be more community responsive, more inclusive, more diverse, 
and more equity and social justice oriented. So, so what is your specific role at EVMS? I, I serve as uh, Vice President for Diversity and Inclusion. Uh, that was in an inaugural role, you know, uh, that, that I entered into coming here. Um, so the work really involves everything that relates to how, um, as an institution, we, uh, we can be more uh, uh, inclusive, diverse, and, um, and think about, you know, like how we can change the, the dial towards ec health equity in our community. So I'm, I'm involved in all aspects of that, from, you know, recruitment, retention, climate, engagement of communities and um, and I'll talk a little bit, bit about how we're doing that. Oh, oh absolutely yeah. to be continued. So but let's back up a little bit and put your professor hat on. Yes. So you've said equity, health equity, you've said diversity, you said uh, inclusion and yes. those words are used a lot right now yes. um, in, including in popular culture news um, and, and sometimes uh, yeah, you know, politics, popular culture, news. Okay, yeah. so what does that mean? <laughs> what do all those? Uh, how do you use yeah. those terms? Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, f for me, I really look at um, the the central uh, the word that we need to think of is inclusion. That that's like the thing that actually brings all those things together, from my perspective. Okay. And what that means is that. Um, as we work on, on addressing the, the inequities and disparities that exist in our population, how do we um, uh, shape uh, that work around inclusion? Meaning, how do we include individuals, communities, in shaping you know, th that aspect of what we want to do. So therefore, you know, we have a number of things, you know, that we do to address that. One is, you know, like we look at the workforce and okay. we understand uh, the, the, the diversity of the workforce is critical in order to achieve these goals, for example. Mm -hmm. So in that sense, what, what we need to think is, you know, like as we are looking um, at that issue, how are we including all aspects of identities in a meaningful way in order to actually expand that workforce. Um, the second thing is, you know, like how do we, you know, address our practice areas and our research areas mm -hmm. to actually address those goals towards, you know, social justice and equity. And again, here we, we ask, you know, how are we, you know, like changing and reshaping the work that we do? Because there's a lot of reshaping needed across the board uh, throughout the nation right mm -hmm, you know mm -hmm. in order to move in that direction how are we inclusive of the communities that are affected in order to address our practice and research context of what we do so these are you know so inclusion is actually the the gel you know the the glue mm -hmm. that brings you know the diversity and and equity elements together if we are going to change anything Interesting. I don't think I've heard it put that way, but that's that's clear. Okay, thank you. Because sometimes I think people lose the goals because you know we're using so many different terms in so many different ways. And then yes. so so let me have an example. I think based on what you were saying. So we know from research and data that African American women have worse. Um, infant mortality rates like their kids have worse infant mortality rates like yes. the community of african-americans let me say this correctly the infant mortality rate 
among African Americans is worse than it is for other populations. Yes. So let me take it away from the mothers because we know there's systematic factors on or that relate to that. Okay. So one way that we can help to close that divide so that everyone has similar outcomes because that's one of the goals. Like there shouldn't be differences, especially not differences based on ethnicity or and things like that. So if the goal is to close the gap, then we want to have a workforce that is culturally competent, that is able to communicate with different populations, that is sensitive to um, different challenges, that gives people the best possible experience. In order to do that, you have to have decision makers in your organizations who are represent African-American population Absolutely. in this case, women in this yeah. case, perhaps child, women of childbearing age in this case, et cetera. Yes. And, so, and so in order to close the gaps, you want to make sure that the workforce is representative of the population and that whoever's making decisions about hiring and creating the workforce and training the workforce are representative as well. And in order to do that, the decision makers have, you have to be inclusive in terms of who's making the decisions about all of that. Absolutely. And, um, and, and I, I must say that generally, um, academic medical centers who are, you know, involved in this, have failed to you know to actually achieve those goals because you know while there may be good intentions yes. right you know mm -hmm. like to and there have been there has been a lot of work to diversify the the learner population to diversify the worker population like you know faculty and so on in in academic medicine uh, however uh, or you know and and diversify the research as well to address health equity however including you know, the community in the decision-making process to achieve that has been, there has been a gap in that. Right. And, um, and I will tell you one of the things that I'm, you know, very proud of, you know, what we're doing um, at EVMS now as a, as a, um, a very critical uh, priority, institutional priority, is bringing, you know, the community voices into the tent of decision-making mm -hmm. so that we have a lay community advisory that is involved in, in our recruitment process, for example, in recruiting leadership. Okay. They are, they are involved in screening, in, um, in, in reviewing, in interviewing uh, our leadership th that are coming in to, to, to actually shape Yes. This, this issues. Right. That has been an incredibly worthwhile and um, um, an absolutely amazing process that, that has been established that, that gives us an opportunity that, you know, critical decision making institutionally, whether it is, you know, selecting people, whether uh, creating new practices mm -hmm. in clinical mm -hmm. or um, even reviewing, you know, research priorities and things that we do uh, have integrated community voices in the decision-making process. So that is like a critical aspect that we are, you know, really thinking that it's an innovative thing, mm -hmm. it's a new thing, mm -hmm. um, but, you know, it, it is showing, you know, wonderful practices. In the last year, we have, you know, recruited a number of our leadership, including our vice dean for research mm -hmm. in that, in, through that mm -hmm. process. Mm -hmm. so I mean, it's interesting that you say it's innovative because the ideas are out there. Yes. I think the breakdown is in actually 
implementing them in a meaningful way. Yes. Right. So people have said a lot, community based participatory research, community engaged research, um, having, you know, community advisory boards, and then they may last for a year or two and then they disappear or you don't really have representatives. So you go for experts in the community instead of people who have a wider variety of um, training or experience. They're passionate about it. But, you know, that so. So, for example, I say that in part because we were searching for the dean for the school public health initiative that involves EVMS, North yes. State, and ODU. We did the same thing. We yep. had students involved, and we had community partners who were able to meet the candidates and give us feedback. and And you know that's a great process. But I but I do think the innovation again is where you are doing it in a meaningful and consistent way, Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> and truly having inclusive representation of the community. Absolutely, the two key you know uh, things that you mentioned them uh, are that uh, that they are they are done in a meaningful way. Um, it's and uh, they're done in a way that are that that is you know like consistent and sustained because you know like we are meeting with this uh, uh, with this group every three weeks we've been meeting for the last number of years. So that's great. There you go. And that's uh, the innovation to me. That's yeah, the innovation. Absolutely. That's great. Absolutely. And it's, those are you know like key things to uh, to think about when when we want to make really meaningful, genuine change. Right. Really great. Okay, so we've segued into some of the projects and things that you're working on. So tell us a little bit more about something specific. I think it's good for folks to have, you know, more concrete examples of how this translates into what you do. Well, I mean, we we do quite a lot of things in terms. You know, the other aspect that I would want to to mention that that we need to do, you know, as a as a community, in, in, if we are, you know, serious about making change is creating broader partnerships to achieve this uh, this critical problems mm-hmm. challenges because they're not easy challenges uh, they're not challenges that everybody can do on their own which is the case right we are all doing something to address the issues but we need to come together to uh, to address them some of the things that we uh, th- that are meaningful uh, that we've been doing the past uh, few years is uh, creating a collaborative for example to address uh, the cancer disparities in our area. Cancer disparities are very high. You know, we are the hotspot for a number of uh, disparities areas, including um, prostate cancer and colon cancer and breast cancer. Uh, so what we have done is uh, bring together stakeholders and partners in the area who are already doing, you know, the things that we do, but, you know, like to think, can we synergize and do things together? We've been meeting every two weeks for the past few years, again, Mm -hmm. sustained, you know, engagement. Mm -hmm. Um, And we have been doing education, uh, early detection uh, uh, work in the community. Um, This past year alone, we did um, over uh, 12 uh, events across the region, and and we were able to uh, to engage over 600 individuals, you know, like with with, uh, early detection in -hmm. in prostate cancer, for example, where we are identifying actually, you know, like risk, you know, at-risk individuals and making a difference, you know, Mm -hmm. to individuals and families and communities. Mm -hmm. So those are, you know, key areas that we need to work on. You know, this uh, uh, regional uh, collaborative is called the the Regional Cancer Disparities Collaborative. I was going to say, does it have a name? Can we give a shout out here? RCDC. RCDC. Uh, It includes Norfolk State, 
Mm-hmm. Uh, it includes Hampton University. It includes Eastern Virginia Medical School, Centera, Riverside, Bon Secours, uh, the Massey Cancer Center mm-hmm. in Richmond. Uh, it includes uh, the Hampton Roads uh, Prostate Health Forum. Uh, and it includes a health, uh, uh, faith-based uh, uh, organizations and churches, including the, uh, the Shiloh uh, uh, Baptist Church here in, in Norfolk. So we're really you know, trying to engage in this manner to make a bigger impact, to get the community more engaged, to have the community more um, aware that also that there is this collaborative effort that that is out there to to support them and it's not in like individual efforts to just advance you know our own (laughs) goals but to advance you know like to center the the effort around the communities we want to we want to serve right um the same thing goes to the other partnership we have created with you know norfolk state and um uh, and Riverside and mm-hmm. Eastern Virginia Medical School uh, on health equity um, events that we are having, which is you know like coming up in um, in February. Yes, February, uh, February 16th. 16th. Yes, <laughs> and uh, and we have a, a celebrity chef, you know, uh, joining us, Carla Hall. Yes, you know, an amazing. I love her. She's yes, amazing. She is incredible. And we want to talk about um, uh, health and nutrition, right? You know, like how uh, food is actually medicine. And so, you know, like how we can think about that in terms uh, that, that would uh, really engage our communities uh, with, with, uh, with individuals that, are, that come from the community, that have the sensitivity to, you know, to know what the, the issues are. So those are some of the things that we are, we are trying to actually work around. And it's really wonderful work because you are making community as you're doing it. Yes, absolutely. Because I was going to I was going to ask even about the cancer initiative. How could someone listening engage and then we'll follow up on the event. But if somebody's listening right now, OK, you know, I would love to participate in some of these opportunities around the collaborative that say the cancer collaborative, something yes. that's not quite as public as the Carla Hall event, which we will talk about in just a second. But, yes. you know, just in general, how would they you know, engage in 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 this effort you in know, influencing we can, decisions or right like well, how, how might they connect with you or just in general oh. how how would they express their interest in participating in these collaboratives? Very easy. Shoot me an email. Okay, I, that's that's the the. If that's first okay, I put them on the spot, you guys. <laughs> yes, I didn't yes, we didn't prepare that in advance. So. <laughs> Contact me. We love you know like that is that is what we live for. You okay, know, to actually um, <laughs> relate with others and you know and and have you know uh, think about things together. Um, but we will also like you know if uh, if there are individuals out there or uh, organizations and communities who want to host one of these events that we are yeah. uh, community events that we are working on, we would love that. And um, if they want to participate as volunteers, we we need volunteers. You know, like for in our um, education events, we always have. Uh, people we need to, to navigate the you know the people that are mm-hmm. participating in the event mm-hmm. to um, uh, fill out the evaluations and so on with the individuals that are participating. All of those are things that that we want to do. We engage our students and uh, and uh, uh, volunteer physicians and residents in that as well. Mm-hmm. So it's wonderful for all of them also to meet and to you know to engage with uh, with, with our community. So so we are you know really we want to we want everyone to contact us so that we can we can work together on this it's critical that we do absolutely absolutely so let me give you an email address 
You may send an email to publichealth at NSU, as in Norfolk State University, dot edu. Don't spell out Norfolk State, just NSU dot edu, publichealth at NSU dot edu. And let me know, this is Dr. Mevin, Felicia Mevin, whether or not you want to follow up or try to find out more information about community engagement related to health equity collaboratives, Absolutely. whether you want to volunteer for an event. And those are, like as you were saying, fabulous networking events. Oh, <laughs> so yeah. it doesn't matter what your training is. If you're just interested and, and just want to see how these things work or you want to connect with folks and find out more information, it's really a great way to build your network and to explore, you know, different career options or s- explore different topics that you're interested in. So we do highly encourage you to reach out to us and we'll help you make those connections. Absolutely. And um, and I, I want to mention another, you know, um, exciting uh, partnership that we are building with Norfolk State University. Okay. <laughs> so can we go back to Carla yes. Hall first? Yes. Just yes, because, yes, again, please. very exciting. Absolutely. So, <laughs> so just to give you a little bit more information, and we did have Toya Sosa, who is with Riverside as a guest recently. But to give folks more information, so tar- Carla Hall is a celebrity chef who was on um, reality show Top Chef a couple of times and also an Emmy Award winning host of The Chew, which was on ABC. She's also an HBCU grad. I'd love to um, shout that out. And so she's going to be a guest with us. Um, Norfolk State is is hosting the event, but it's coordinated by Riverside Health, EVMS, including McBib here. Um, as well as Truist, yes. and I think that's it, right? Those yes. are the main sponsors. Yes. Yes. And so it's going to be a combination event. So she has this wonderful personality. She's actually going to cook during the event. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, please join us for that because it'll be amazing. And then we'll have a panel discussion. I'll be on the panel. Bib will be on the panel. And that's where we're going to talk about you know, eating our way to health, talking about health equity disparities. So to me, it's a very creative opportunity because it's doing two things. It's, it's very personal and individual. Let's cook. Let's talk about um, how we can keep our culture, mm-hmm. right, related to foods that we love and do the things that we um, can do as individuals and families and communities to promote health. And let's talk about the bigger picture because it's not just about individual behaviors. It's also about the broader context that influences. We're going to do all of that. And the way that folks can um, participate is to uh, RSVP to sign up for the event. So if you're on LinkedIn, look up Norfolk State. If you're on Twitter, look up Norfolk State. If you're on Instagram, look up Norfolk State. The publicity is out. If you're on LinkedIn, you can look me up, Dr. Felicia, Dr. Mebin (laughs) on LinkedIn. Um, There's a, a QR code there. You can RSVP for the event. If you RSVP VP quickly. You can be in the room with Carla Hall. If not, you can be across the hall. She's going to make an appearance there as well. And everyone who is able to attend on campus will get a version of what she cooks. And if you can't make it to campus, we will be streaming it live. Okay, I think I'm done. Absolutely. No, no, this is <laughs> wonderful. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm absolutely excited about this um, aspect of, you know, food is medicine. 
And um, Carla Hall is going to show us how we don't have to compromise on taste right. when we are, you know, to be healthy. So we'll be we'll be having great food, great conversation, and um, and great ideas on how to keep our communities healthy. Right. And uh, as segueing back, a great representation of collaboration because these things are fun. It draws attention to the issue, but it also is tip of the iceberg on the collaborations that we have yeah. in in multiple ways. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, to go back to the to the other partnership that we are starting, which is, you know, like exciting and coming up soon, we are going to establish a collaboration, a partnership between EVMS and um, and and, uh, and Norfolk State, uh, a partnership on health equity again, you know, but that is focused on um, an incubator for for research and training that would um, engage our faculties uh, in thinking about um, novel ideas, you know, to to address health equity, and through that process to engage our learners, you know, from NSU. Uh, into research and um, and health equity opportunities. So we are, you know, like growing uh, everyone, you know, like the faculty, the work, and the trainees, uh, and uh, with um, wonderful opportunities uh, that are coming. And this is, you know, an existing thing. We already have collaborations that we're working on, and so this this establishes a more, you know, formal way uh, of, um, of of collaborating forward. So very excited about that. The signing is uh, on the 24th and looking forward to this as well. Yes, exactly. Yeah, I mean, I like to, when I talk about, because, you know, my training is public health and what I like to say is these issues are so complex. Yes. You know, thinking about cancer, infant mortality, obesity, um, access to care, that you have got to take both innovative and multidisciplinary, cross-disciplinary, collaborative. I mean, the, the responses have to be complex as well, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> you can't yeah. just do yeah. one thing. And as you've already mentioned, one person can't do one thing. So we yes. all have yes. to work together on this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We are very excited about that. So just wrapping back around just a little bit, I mean, this seems to be a passion of yours. Like, where, where did that come from? I think you know it. It all started when, um, uh, when, uh, when, uh, with the understanding that there are major health disparities that are that are existing in um, in our country here. And um, my first work actually was uh, was around uh, uh, biomedical research. So it wasn't really in in areas of um, uh, clinical care. Um, but on uh, developing um, capacities to address biomedical medical research that are responsive to health disparities. Um, I worked at uh, the City University of New York, you know, for a number of years, and that was how I started this whole journey, uh, where, you know, we focused on, um, um, on developing the workforce in biomedical research. Mm -hmm. And, and, and the capacity in institutions that actually are, you know, uh, the majority, minority, uh, in order to address issues of, uh, of health disparities. Uh, I think the issue of, you know, social justice comes from a long way for me. You know, I, 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 I was born in Africa. Uh, and um, and uh, and um, I was uh, very familiar with uh, with the north and south divide and uh, the the divide of disparities and inequities globally that that we face, and um, and also um, the the liberations that came from from here and we are you know um, we have um, MLK Day uh, coming up and um, 
tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> and it's so important to think about uh, the, uh, uh, the, the progress and the, the, the work that was done uh, by Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Uh, and uh, the many individuals in the, in the U.S. Uh, were critical in, in actually l- um, um, getting us to think about social justice and, um, and, and equity uh, across the, the world and, um, and critical in liberating Africa as well. So that is you know, like something that actually I carry uh, with, um, that, that generated my interest in, in, in the work that, that we do. Uh, and in looking at it in really meaningful ways of, you know, like citizenship and, you know, like democracy mm-hmm. and um, and in thinking about, you know, how equity is, you know, like integrated in all those aspects of our uh, social fabric. Right. Thank you so much for sharing that because, wow, that was OK. Insane. Done. <laughs> but that no, that in all seriousness, I'm so glad that you you brought that part of yourself to this conversation. I mean, I think it's so important that people at least explore who they are. And if you can connect it to what you do, sometimes that synergy has amazing outcomes. So I can feel and I can see how that personal connection really, I mean, and maybe I'm wrong, but I think that that really drives you and that's inspiring. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And so we do encourage folks who are out there, students especially, if you're really thinking about what you might want to do, I hear a lot of lessons from McBabe's story, including, you know, sometimes you have to pivot and and sometimes, you know, again, there may be a through thread of a passion that you have, but it may manifest or show itself in different ways. But ultimately, if you stay true to that, I think you'll end up doing amazing things. Thank you. So thank you so much for joining us today. Do you have any little, any final shout out really quickly? The only shout out I have is that um, we all need to participate in this work. Mm-hmm. You know, this is, this is work for everyone. Um, equity is something that we have to work on. It's a journey. Um, and as a nation, it's a national journey that we have to actually join in and, um, and journey together to achieve the goals that we, we want to achieve and we will achieve it. Thank you. Thank you so much, McBib. Thank you to our listeners. I am Dr. Felicia Mebin, and this is Health Healing and Hampton Roads. <laughs>